Yo! Yo, Happy New Year's. Um, I don't know if you guys are like me, but um, I don't really go out on New Year's. I don't do the New Year's thing. It's amateur hour. I I I know how to party. I'm I'm good at it. I I could win awards. Um and I've still had a plenty of success in my life. I'm really good at it. And um going out on New Year's for the shit show, puke and dummies who don't know how to drink or handle themselves it's just not appealing to me it's not appealing to me i did have my days as a um as a door guy bouncer bartender where i worked on those nights on amateur hour that was enough that was enough i've seen enough seen enough guys i don't need I don't need it. <laughs> so we're uh, rocking and rolling. Uh, we're going to do part two of the deep dive of my career. From the horse's mouth himself. You don't have to go other places to figure out what's up, man. We're going to do it. We're going to do it here. Try to do some juicy stuff. Uh, if I can remember it. All right. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to bring this up. Bazinga. This is the uh, Sure Dog Fight Finder. We made it all the way up into um, Jeff Jocelyn. My last fight. My last fight. Um, before I got into the UFC, there he is right there. Five wins, three losses. Does not do him credit. Does not do him credit at all. This guy um, was tough. He was a really tough fighter. Lost unanimous decision to Jonathan Goulet. Lost a split decision to me. Uh, lost the decision to Koscheck. And he started having some um, concussion issues. I was asked to explain this fight a little bit more and go into a deep dive with it. So I'm going to do that, okay? So um, trying, struggling to find fights. Can't find fights. I beat up Shoney Carter. I won a tournament. Nobody wants to fight me. Chris Brennan straight up said he doesn't have a name and he's tough as hell i'm not fighting him so it was hard to find fights so we get offered uh this canadian hey there's a usa versus canada show going on in canada tito is going to be the representative coach of the team usa and i said okay let's do it it was three grand um i believe it was three grand flat even that was like really enticing because usually they split uh, win and show money. So um, I took it. They said, oh, he's a karate guy. 
He's just a karate guy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go knock out a karate guy. Let's do that. Had no intention to wrestle. Had no intention to do a ground fight. I was like, what is karate guy going to do? Let's just knock him out. Right? <laughs> Mistake. Uh, he was a brown belt. It took him a while to get the brown belt. But um, he he was strong. He was in shape. And he wasn't just a karate guy. He was a, um, a sports sparring karate guy. Somebody who actually fought. Right? Amateur fight type stuff. His dad, I guess, was a big name cock kickboxer so we get up in there and um first round kicks off <clears throat> it was also my first time making 170 i had never made 170 before i fought shoney carter at 175 everything else i did i fought at um 175 185 205 before then all right so i had issues a little bit Cutting the weight, <laughs> right? Uh, I am not making excuses, but it was the first time I uh, had, to, had to make 170 scratch. Uh, fight starts, goes good. We're beating the crap out of each other. We're, we're scrapping, we're scrapping, we're scrapping. At one point, I slipped down to throw a body shot. Ha! And I landed, I so I thought. <laughs> the body shot did land, but I thought um, I hit him in the head and knocked him down. What happened was it was an incidental headbutt. Our heads collided. And uh, it was at the end of the round, so they broke, and then we go into our corners. Now, typically... Um, you get a minute. <laughs> you get a minute in between rounds. They checked him, checked his nose, checked the cut, checked everything about what was going on with him for for five to ten minutes. Right now, nobody knows this because it was a taped broadcast and was shown later, and they cut that all out. So I'm in my corner, livid. What's going on? The fight's over. Why are we here? Fight's over. I won. I won. He can't continue. He's not coming off the stool. Let's go. Tito's yelling. You know, he's all he's the fight's over. The fight's over. Let's go. We're going home. So after this about 10-minute break, they're like, all right, let's go. And we fight again. And um we fight good scrap, good scrap. Uh third round comes around. And I took a hellacious uppercut. And you can see I still have the scar because the lip, the tooth went through the lip almost all the way through. And um, I couldn't tell if my lip was going to fall off. I thought my lip was going to fall off. So my logic in all this was, man, they gave this guy 10 minutes for an injury I'm going to take <laughs> some time for an injury. So I was like, hey, my lip, my lip, my lip's falling off, my lip. I figured he got a break. He got a big, long break. Why shouldn't I? So the ref's like, oh, what? What do you mean your lip? My lip, it's falling off. 
and he's like, hold on. Tito jumps up on the on the canvas, runs over to where I'm at, grabs me by the head, looks at it, he goes, you're fine. Just go fight. And I will forever love Tito Ortiz, no matter what he says or what he's doing. I will love him forever for that. Because that's all I needed to hear. My lip wasn't falling off. Uh, and then we um, continued the fight, and I won. I believe I did win two rounds. Split decision, but I believe I won. Uh, it was a hell of a, hell of a fight. Uh, by the time, I'll say this also, by the time we got to the hospital and got seen in a Canadian communist medical system, the lip had already healed. It had already sealed shut. We had to wait so long. Their uh, health care is garbage. Garbage. Well, at least I got free health care in Canada. It's garbage. It's garbage. Don't ever let them take <laughs> your health care away from you. No. No thanks. I learned a, lot, a, lot, a strong lesson that night. Canadian healthcare is garbage. Capital G. Capital Gar. So I got that win. And we move on. Next fight, I get into the UFC. It was hard for me to get into the UFC because no one wanted to fight me at 170. Everyone saw what I did to Shoney Carter. No one wanted to touch me at welterweight. Nobody wanted to touch me. So I had to take a short notice fight with Brock Larson at 185. Brock was undefeated. He was like 16-0 and at the time. Uh, was a tear. He was a beast. He was also... Um, a student of Dave Camarillo. So Dave Camarillo had to remove himself from coaching both of us. So neither one of us had a jujitsu coach for that fight. We had to work it out on our own. Fight went really well. I had some good opportunities to possibly finish, but Brock was a big, strong guy. Um, I outclassed him on the feet, did a lot of good work. Um, it was a good fight. Even though it was a decision, it was a good, it was a good action-packed fight. If you get a chance to watch it, there's some very solid action in there. You will enjoy it. That is my first UFC fight. My first one. And I'm I'm going uh I'm going kind of quick, guys, so I'm not catching Jason Burma's Happy New Year's, buddy. I'm not catching all the comments. If you really want um, me to notice something you're saying, uh, send a super chat. All right, guys. All right. <clears throat> I want to get through these. Next. That was a one-fight deal. With Brock Larson. One fight, I was brought in to lose. They wanted me to lose. They knew I was a 70-pounder. 
They wanted Brock Larson to beat me because they had a weak 185-pound division and they needed somebody. So they brought me in to lose to Brock. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. I won the fight. Thank you very much. Uh, and that was probably one of the catalysts of mini mini Joe, mini Joe Silva. Simple mini Joe Silva not liking me because he never liked being proven wrong. If you proved him wrong and if you beat somebody he thought you should have lost to, he was going to hold a grudge and he was going to try to make your life miserable. So next fight, what happens? Josh Berkman. Josh Berkman. We go from Brock Larson to Josh Berkman, who is also on a good tear. He was on the Ultimate Fighter and was popular, right? Again, I was brought in to lose. It was a one-fight contract. It was a one-fight deal. They wanted me to lose to Berkman. I knocked the brakes off of Berkman on a clean, no TRT, legal TRT Berkman I knocked the brakes off of him. Go watch that fight. And it is a, a thrashing for nearly 10 minutes before I choke him. Next fight. Another one-fight contract. Another one-fight contact. And this is one of the reasons why I say it was better back then because you get that one-fight contract, do well, and then go somewhere else. You'd go to a higher bidder. You didn't have to stay with that one company. So, <clears throat> one fight contract. Next fight, Tiago Alves. Tiago Alves on a tear was a vicious, powerful puncher and kicker. Strong, fights hard. But again, I demolished him. I uh, took it to him. He hit me in the very beginning, and I got dropped. But then as soon as I got my hands on him, I took control, beat the crap out of him on top for a while, went for a upside-down triangle at one point where I slid off the back and was on my back, him up above me, and he was so tired. He, <clears throat> he came at me wrong, bro. <laughs> he, he was a little bit lazy and pop. Up kick, up kick. One of uh, the very few up kick knockouts in UFC history. The first, it was the first. I had the first up kick knockout in UFC history. That's a, that's a record I have. Boom, boom. <laughs> Super chat, what's up? Hamzamir. Says you were always on card with Anderson Silva. We did fight on a lot of cards together. <clears throat> and we did have, um, we shared rooms, right? And um, I remember he was fighting Henderson and he asked us questions. He was like on the fence and like we're doing technique and I showed him some stuff. And he was like, ah. And then he showed me some plum choke stuff as trade. I thought it was pretty cool. We traded some technique that day 
All righty. So that is Thiago Alves. Up kick, knockout. So right now we have, I beat Brock Larson in a, in a decision, but it was an exciting fight. He was a bigger guy. I came in on short notice. Josh Berkman, I was supposed to lose. I thrashed him, finished him. Tiago Alves, I was supposed to lose. I trashed him, finished him. So my first three fights, pure excitement. Pure, unadulterated excitement. Where did this, you're, you're not exciting and boring come from? Hmm. Hmm. Wasn't the first three fights. That's for sure. Let's go further. Now, uh, Kiniyoshi Hironaka, tough grappler, tough Japanese guys. Japanese guys are hard to finish. Um, I had a great performance at this. It was my first uh, pay-per-view. I was on a main card, so there was pressure there. Uh, I give myself a 6.5 out of 10 on that performance. I did well. I beat him up. Um, I did some really good stuff. I just didn't find the finish. I didn't find the sequence to get him out. So that one, I'll go. I'll give six and a half out of out of ten. All right, but I still did good, and it was my very first um, main card fight. Now, interesting to note that after that, my fight with Luigi, right? Luigi Fioravanti. Luigi Fioravanti, right? We were on the main card. We were going to be on the main card. I fought on the main card. Why wouldn't I fight on the main card again? Why shouldn't they build me up? But... Um, I made a comment about how, oh, I don't think the UFC ever thought much of me. They only gave me one fight contracts, and now they're putting me back on the undercard. Well, I got a very seething email from Joe Silva, the midget man, saying, this isn't helping. This isn't helping your career talking like this oh I, I have to shut my mouth i'm not a free person I'm, not, I'm a free business who can do business as i choose hmm interesting so uh he already doesn't like me because i beat the guys that he wanted me to lose to every single fighter that he put me up against he wanted me to lose to he wanted me to lose to Brock Larson. He wanted me to lose to Josh Berkman. He wanted me to lose to Tiago Alves. He wanted me to lose to Hiranaka. But then I complained about being moved to the undercard. And, I, and the reason I complained was because I had a bunch of – it was in Ohio. That's, that's a two-hour drive from, like, my hometown. I had all these people who were buying tickets. They couldn't wait to come and see and and uh, back then, if you weren't on the main card, no one saw you. It wasn't it wasn't broadcast. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Fight Pass. You just it was just vanished. You were vanished. So I was upset. I was upset. Uh, on top of that, 
when you go from the main card to the undercard, your sponsorships <laughs> go to shit. If you're not being seen by eyeballs, <laughs> those mom and pop sponsorships go away. So now you don't make any money. So I was rightfully pissed. And I didn't even I didn't even make a huge deal about it. I was just like, well, I guess they never thought much of me and they put me on the undercard. And I get a seething email from this little midget, freaking Frodo Jr. All right, so the Fear of Auntie fight. I get to him, I beat him up, uh, get to his back and choke him out in the second round. Hmm, another finish. Another finish. What is that? One, two, three finishes out of one, two, three, four, five fights. Three finishes out of five fights. So boring. That's so boring. Terrible. You are, you lay and pray. You lay and pray. Dumb idiots. Listen, keep listening to Uncle Dana. He's so honest as he's beating his wife. Then we get to tougher competition. Ron Carniero was a serious um serious threat. He he had good uh stand up. He was tough. He was long. He had a long build and he had these long arms and choked people. That was a fight in Florida and that fight uh, went really well. I will say that there was a point I almost knocked myself out. I almost knocked myself out because I sat up hard from like half guard to get to the underhook and his hip bone hit me in the head and I got a bad white flash. <laughs> and I was like, oh crap. Then he slapped on his infamous snaky man choke and um i made sure to keep my base so i didn't get rolled to the side because that's how you have to finish um i held that position for long enough for his arms to get a little gassed and then boom i'm out in showtime and then i was able to get some hands on him and knock him out um although it wasn't a knockout i heard him bad he hit the ground and he stuck his head up. He didn't want to get hit anymore. He was hurt. So I took the neck. That was a mercy. That was a mercy killing. Okay. So one finish, two finish, three finish, four finish. Out of one, two, three, four, five, six fights. Six fights, four finishes. Six fights, four finishes. How boring. How boring. Lay and pray. How boring. Then we get into it, all right? This was a big, all right, he's pissing us off. Let's, uh, let's give him a chance in a big fight. We still think he's going to lose. We got to build 
uh, Diego Sanchez up so he's in a better position to fight for uh, the title. They were really pushing him hard at the time to fight. They wanted him to fight Jesse. They wanted him to be a champion because he had a big following at the time. Diego's tough. He's really tough. Uh, he moves a lot. He was hard to get to the pitchers, positions to do uh, serious damage, but I, I landed lots of uh, significant strikes, elbows, slams, takedown galore. It, it was an exciting fight. It was. It was an exciting fight. was not a finish. I did not finish him, but it was an exciting fight. It's a good fight to watch. If you put it on today, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to be like, oh, this is fun. 100%. It was a fun, exciting fight. Two guys came and brought it and uh, tried to beat the crap out of each other. Then, all right, the talks. The talks of title shot are there because I've I've won seven fights at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, another side piece to the Diego Sanchez uh, fight, right? Leading up into that fight, I discovered my girlfriend was a whore and was cheating on me. Yes. So I was going through a training camp and having to deal with that horary. That's never a fun thing uh, to have to do and deal with. Life happens. Yeah, you got to deal with it. But just saying, it wasn't fun. It wasn't. It wasn't fun um, to have to go through that. Right? It just was not. All right. Then, then the next fight. All right. So they're talking about title shot. They're talking about title shot next. Um, when I did the, uh, you know, they do they they do the video presentations. It's like a fifteen minute infomercial about the fighter before. The thing I can't remember what they're called, but he uh, they did that thing. We went out to the weigh-in, and when I went out to the weigh-in, Dana pulled me aside and says, "You see what we can do for you? That was just one video thing. Can you see what we can do for you? Right? And not not you see what you can accomplish by winning and being good." Look what kind of favors we can do for you. We can make you a star. You're not a star on your own. You're nothing on your own. You're nothing on your own. We do it for you. We're the ones who are responsible for it. That that made my skin crawl. Made my skin crawl. I wanted to I wanted to end him right then. I wanted to end him. Because that, that is just the, the most bastardization of sport you, you could do. It's like, oh, it's, it has nothing to do with being good. It's all production. We just tell stories and dumb people believe them. These stupid marks out here cheering for you, ha, ha, they don't know anything. We tell them what to think. That's what he was saying. All right, so they're talking about a GSP fight at that point. 
but GSP was tied up. He was tied up. He had something else going on. Matt Sarah issues, something around that. So they had to find me uh, another opponent, and it was a last-minute opponent. I was supposed to fight uh, Akihiro Gono, but he broke his hand, so they switched it up with Chris Wilson. Right, Chris Wilson. Uh, it tough, tough fighter. He himself was a uh, champion. Right, eighteen and ten. Uh, what did he? What did he win? IFL. He was IFL champ. Right, IFL champ. Smart guy, speaks multiple languages and can fight. So this was a risky fight because I had already been told you're getting the next title shot. But I didn't want to sit and wait around. I didn't want to sit and wait around. I wanted to fight. I'm a fighter. I got to fight. So I took this fight. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. This fight, this is the fight, uh, the Chris Wilson fight, that I, I underperformed. He was tough. Um, there was not a ton of action. This, this is my worst win. It's my worst win. I don't think I, I performed very well for it. You could say... Um, out of those eight fights, that one was not great. Wasn't great. But then next, I get to fight for the title, GSP. I'm fighting GSP, the GOAT, to this day, the GOAT. Uh, and um, I decided to... Stand and bang. <laughs> he had just lost a couple fights ago to Matt Sarah, got knocked out. And I believed heavily that George's chin was suspect and gone. So I thought, I just got to get hands on him. I just got to hit him once. If I would have had a different approach if i would have used a different strategy for that fight i believe i could have had a different outcome if i was using uh the wall pushing him into the wall more if i was using defensive kicks if i was focusing on making him miss more if i was focusing on wrestling more that i think it could have been a much much different um fight right not saying i would have won but it would have looked a lot better and uh would have probably given me more credence at a rematch sooner what's next what's next we got some time all right then what do you know think about it guys think about it okay I have a long winning streak. We got Jensen 
Garcia, Carter, Ura, Mike Seal. Wait a minute. Two, one, two, three, four, five, six, Ortiz, seven, Sirdikov. Seven, Jocelyn, eight, Larson, nine, Berkman, ten, Alves, Hironaka, what, 14, 15? I don't want to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 16, 16 straight fights, 16 straight fights, one up to say up to James, up to George St. Pierre, 16 fights, not a single damn person ever said anything about excitement ever not mentioned once. Oh, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. Your wrestling sucks. Your striking sucks. You got bad cardio. Your face is ugly. Your girlfriend's fat. That stuff never, ever, ever was it boring. Because I never called boring or unexciting as a fighter. But then, George St. Pierre fight. I get fight of the night. Fight of the night. The most exciting fight. We're up, we're up for fight of the year. Fight of the year. Right? That happens. And then you know what happens next? They want me to sign a video game rights agreement for zero dollars. For zero dollars forever. The contract will last forever, and I will make zero dollars. Because it's an opportunity. We're giving you this great opportunity. Why not use all fake names? Why do you got to use the fighters' names if we're not important? If you're giving us the opportunity, just call them Bill Bill. And that's the fighter. Oh, I'm fighting with Bill Bill. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're using the fighters' names to build your brand. Criminal ass jerk-offs. So that happened, right? I go from this peak moment in my career where people love me. People think I'm awesome. They can't wait to wait two hours in line to get an autograph and tell me how inspired they were by my fights. Nobody ever said shit about being boring. They might have thought somebody was better than me, but no one ever said shit about me being boring. Then, after that debacle, I'm forced to sign, re-sign with them, because I was fine with going with uh, Strike Force. I was going to go to Strike Force. Screw you guys. You're going to treat me like shit? I'm out. I don't need this. I was going to strike force. And then they publicly started threatening my management, my other fighters, 
anybody who ever trained at AKA, you're out, you're done. You're never working with us again. That was, that was their attack. That was their attack to everybody. They threatened everybody. If you don't re-sign with us, everybody's fucked. At the time, I didn't understand why they were doing that, but I do now. Because they were, they were making moves to buy everything. They needed people to sign these contracts. If they didn't sign the contracts, UFC was fucked. They were fucked. They weren't going to be able to do what they have done without stealing those contracts. <clears throat> it's uh, villainous. Villainous, to say the least. The funniest thing with that situation, too, is they broke the story. They used their journalist to release the story in the morning that I had gotten cut, why I got cut, how I'm not a team player, how I'm this terrible person for not signing up. Oh, he's so selfish. Oh, he's blah, 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 blah. I didn't even know. Nobody told me. My management didn't tell me. I had to wake up and check the news cycle. I'm like, what? I'm fired. <laughs> they released my contract? What? I just had I just had fight of the night. I just had I had <coughs> a 16 fight winning streak. And lost a decision to the GOAT in a fight of the night fight. And now I'm garbage because I didn't sign their contract. Holy moly. Right? So they bully me into signing the contract by threatening my team and my teammates. Oh, only if I would have known then how, how reliable and trustworthy those teammates were and how much they would stick up for me. Things probably would have went differently. Now, we go here. Akihiro Gono, tough fighter, very good fighter. Um, we got put on the undercard, right? Fight of the night. Fight of the night to the undercard. Right, Gono was tough. Gono was a savvy fighter. He started fighting back in like 97. I was in high school when this guy was fighting. He was very capable, very dangerous, but I mopped the floor with him. Next fight, Paulo Tiago. He had just upset uh, um, Koscheck, knocked him out with that uppercut. He was undefeated, super tough guy, had never been finished before. But they made me fight him at UFC 100. And when we fought at UFC 100, guess what happened? They made me the swing bout. The swing bout is the fight that they'll move according to how the rest of the fights are going in the night. They kept pushing me. I was supposed to be like the second one. Oh, now you're going to be third. Oh, now you're going to be fourth. Oh, wait, you're going to go after the main event. I had to warm up three different times. 
I had to warm up for like over an hour. <laughs> right? You, you think that's not fuckery? You think that was an accident? You think they, oh, whoops, whoops, we didn't mean to do that to you. Oh, in the history of the sport, how many times has that happened? Seriously, somebody, somebody, some statistician out there, find that for me and let me know. It would be very interesting if I was the only one ever to have to do that shit. <laughs> Holy moly. So UFC 100, at least I got a nice letter jacket, UFC 100, cool. And then, um, yeah, I beat Gono. I beat Tiago, Paulo Tiago. Super tough fighter. And then they start feeding me guys that no one knows. I fight George St. Pierre, Akahiro Gono. Nobody knows who Akahiro Gono is. If you're not a Japanese hardcore fan, Paulo Tiago. Nobody knew who he was other than his win over Koscheck. Then Mike Pierce, another tough-ass fighter who hardly ever got finished, right? At the time, I don't think he'd ever been finished. Thick cinder block head. He could wrestle. He had cardio for days. That was a great fight. We fought like 13 minutes stand-up, 13-minute stand-ups. All they did was shit on us. Oh, that was a terrible fight. That was boring. Oh, my God, that was terrible. What the hell are you talking about? What are you absolutely talking about? That's some ass. That's some ass bullshit. 100% ass. So now they're giving me lesser named fighters who are tough to make me look bad. There's no other reason why you would do that. If you are trying, if you're a matchmaker and you're trying to build your fighter and you're trying to put him over and you're trying to get fans to like him and make money off of him, you're not, you're not fighting him against people who have no names. <clears throat> Carlos Condit was, was out there. Martin Katman was out there. Jake Shields was out there. Why wouldn't I get to fight them? Nick Diaz, he was out there. Why am I not fighting those guys? There's a reason for that. They're punishing me. They want me to go away. They want me to lose and go away. It's the whole point. Then we get to the Ben Saunders fight. But the Ben Saunders fight wasn't supposed to be a Ben Saunders fight. I was supposed to fight Tiago Alves, but Tiago Alves had a bad brain scan. His brain scan was off. So I think they sent him to a lower resolution, <laughs> which they've done to me too. They send you to, if you have a marking or something in your brain and they're like, oh, it's scarring, you probably shouldn't fight anymore. What they'll do is they'll send you to a machine that's like a first generation and it doesn't read as clearly. And you can't see the scars and the plaque as easily. So <laughs> they'll send you to that one. Hey, hey, we got it. We got a special place you can go and get that scan done. Um, 
So instead of fighting a shorter, right-handed, powerful Tiago Alves, I fight a tall, left-handed Ben Saunders, who that fight was put together on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday, I had to switch everything around to fight a taller, longer Muay Thai fighter who's southpaw. And I beat the brakes off of him. I didn't get the, to finish, but I, I did work. I did work. Uh, the next fight, the next fight, Tiago Alves. This fight was announced to be a title contender because Tiago had just been destroying people, knocked out Matt Hughes, just cutting through people like nothing. Me, GSP, and Tiago Alves were wrecking house. Everybody was getting mauled by us. And they wanted <coughs> Tiago to fight GSP again. So they matched us up. And I have to say, quite honestly, this was one of my premier performances. I, I outstruck him. I outwrestled him. I slammed him and threw him around. I had uh, some submission attempts I went for. I lost position going for submissions a few times. I dominated. I didn't finish him, but I dominated him severely. And after the fight, they took the title shot away. They were like, nope, never mind. He's in the mix. We'll think about it. Because they really wanted me and Koscheck to fight. They were trying to force me and Koscheck to fight. And my whole thing is like, no, you're, you're going to profit exponentially on the fight. And I'm going to get peanuts. Why am I going to fight my, team, my teammate for peanuts when you're going to make ridiculous amounts of money? No, thanks. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Give, cut me in on a percentage. Yeah, cut me in on the percentage. <sighs> so I win that, and then things start to slide. I was... Uh, Losing it mentally a little bit because I could see what they were doing. I knew what they were doing and it seemed hopeless. It really seemed hopeless. It was like, I've been working so hard for so long. Like I started wrestling at nine and I always want to be a professional athlete. Like I skipped out on parties. I skipped out on drinks. I passed up on hot ladies because I wanted to be a champ. I wanted to be the best at something. And this feeling made me kind of give up. I was like, what's the point? What's the point? No matter how well I do, no matter how good I'm doing, no matter what I, I win, 
or who I beat, they're never going to give me a chance. They're, they give opportunities. You don't win anything. You don't win your way. That's why all your champs out there, they're not champs. They were gifted positions. When, when the promoter says, hey, this is an opportunity, you didn't earn it. You did not earn it. From 2010 to present day, I put a big fat asterisk by every champion. Because who knows what would have happened in an actual merit-based system. Because that's not what we have. We have opportunity-based system. If we like you enough, we'll give you a chance. And if we really like you, we'll try to rig the fight as much as possible so you win more easily. We saw we talked about the email, the Joe Silva email last week. He talked about it. <laughs> he admitted it. <laughs> he admitted it in the email. He admitted it. We gave Paul an easy fight to keep him on track. That's gross, man. This is supposed to be a sport. It's supposed to be a sport. It's supposed to be the manliest sport. But it's just more F and G Hollywood KFAB garbage. So BJ Penn fight. I'm losing my mind. I decided to try to go vegan because I'm looking for an advantage. I see all these other guys are getting super big and super athletic, and I don't know what's going on. I didn't really fully know about the legal TRT yet, right? Therapeutic testosterone therapy. Thanks to the UFC. The UFC pushed it on the commission. You cowards. You're a bunch of spineless pussy cowards. Especially if you're sanctioning slap fighting, you're pieces of shit. Absolute pieces of shit. These guys allowed fighters, young, healthy fighters, to go on therapeutic testosterone. How is that not just pro wrestling? How is that not fake fighting? How is that not rigged? How is how are there not bigger uh, <laughs> investigations, criminal charges in this stuff? How? I do not understand. I don't get it. So uh, the BJ fight, fight, not well. I um, went vegan, lost some weight, lost horsepower. Got an injury. I thought it was a shoulder injury, but it was really my neck. And the, the pain just radiated down the shoulder. Um, and uh, I didn't wake up until halfway through the fight. And I'm sorry. I won that fight. They should have stopped it in the third. I beat the brakes off of him for like four minutes. His face was so messed up. He had to wear sunglasses. He knew he lost. He admitted he lost. They should go back and change that. That was a win. That was a finish. They screwed me. And you know what? When you're in a foreign country 
like that at the time, there's no commission. There's no commission. The UFC picks guys to judge. They use their guys to judge the fights. Their people. Oh, I, the people who are like, I can't wait to work with UFC. They're so great and awesome. Oh, my God. I'll do anything for them. That was a rigged fight. I'll say it. I think it's a rigged fight. I think those judges were influenced towards uh, me losing. Danny Arter, what's up, buddy? Here's a little something towards the Bourbon Relief Fund, John. Happy New Year to your brother. Thank you very much, dude. Appreciate it. <sighs> so I drop a draw to BJ. And that hurt. That hurt. That hurt bad because I knew they were never, ever going to put me in a position to be a contender again. I knew it. They had worked so hard and so long to get rid of me. Look at, look at all those greens. Look at all those greens. Green, 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 green. Lost to GSP. Green, 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 green. Draw to BJ Penn. And then we get into the Johnny Hendricks fight. Oh, this one sucked. I had bought a second house thinking... After the, I got married after the uh, Tiago fight, mistake, I uh, I had extra money in the account and the ex-wife was like, oh, we need to buy a new house because this one doesn't feel like mine. So we bought a second place, rented the condo at a lower, lower, lower the market rate. So one of my friends could could rent it and and I knew you would take care of it because I was giving him a good deal and that worked out good but <clears throat> I didn't have the cash I didn't have the cash to keep paying the mortgages um and and the house we bought we were renovating that's a money money trap absolute money trap so we're struggling struggling for money um, I had to get surgery after the BJ Penn fight. I was having like a neck issue and it radiated down my shoulder. We go to the doctors, a couple doctors, they get the pictures and they're like, oh yeah, it's your labrum, it's your labrum, it's your labrum and your supraspinatus. Your labrum and your supraspinatus, they need to get uh, taken care of. I went to one guy, and he was still running tests. He's still running tests. But then USC chimed in and said, no, 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 no. No, no, you can't go to someone else. You have to go to our doctor. Go to our doctor in L.A. Freaking hack. He had me go down there, check me out, had some tests done, gave me exercises to come back and do for like six weeks. Right? In the meantime, UFC has a fan expo in London where they really needed me to be there. Even though no one cared about me and I'm not popular and I'm boring and everybody hates me, they needed me to go over there to stand 
and get autographs signed when people stood uh, in line for two and a half hours. Even though, oh man, they were so bored. They were so bored. They waited in line two uh, two and a half hours. The 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 security guys. It would have gone longer. The security guys asked me to leave because they were cleaning up. They're like, yeah, man, I know you want to sign everybody's stuff, but it's time to go. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to. These people waited so long. So, like, I signed as much as I could going out the door. And um, so when I, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I, I couldn't even write with my le- right hand. I was, because uh, it hurt so bad. I was signing with my left hand. Because my arm was garbage. <laughs> I needed surgery. So they said. <clears throat> and then. Um, uh, we have a surgery. I'm out for nine months. And after the surgery. I'm laying there in the thing all groggy. And the doctor's like well. The super was all right. Uh, but we trimmed the labrum a little bit and we cleaned up some arthritis in the shoulder. I didn't need shoulder surgery. I didn't need shoulder surgery. The UFC sent me to their doctor to operate on me. Huh? How's that? How's that? I haven't told that story. The UFC forced me to go to their doctor to get a surgery I didn't need. I lost nine months of my fighting career. Nine months. I'm broke. I got two mortgages. Hendrick's fight pops up. In the TRT. Therapeutic testosterone era. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I know now. But the testosterone therapeutic era was then. I was in terrible shape. I hurt my knee the first day of sparring. Justin Wilcox double-legged me into the wall, and uh, I got a second-degree tear of my MCL on my right leg. I went and got the PRP stuff injected into it, hoping that would help. That was one of the most painful fucking experiences of my life oh my god the needle's like this big he puts it in and i was like is it almost done he's like oh we haven't even started (laughs) i limped I, i drove myself there i limped to my truck and i uh i had to sit there because i couldn't move my leg i had to sit there for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes before I could finally move my foot enough to drive home. That was, that was wild. (sighs) Correct. He was, there's a lot of guys who are on TNT at the time. I, I really wish they would release that information. Somebody do a, um, what do you call freedom of information act? All right, so then I say, fuck it. 
I lost. They want me out. Next loss, I'm cut. They're getting rid of me. So I go full Rocky mode, boys. They set me up with Eric Silva. Eric Silva in Brazil. Eric Silva in Brazil. The king of Rio. They called him the king of Rio. They were billing him as the next GSP. He was the Brazilian Jorges, right? He was doing very well. He had a lot of wins. Until he got to me. I trained like a madman for this fight. Absolute madman. I um, had a new jiu-jitsu instructor, uh, Leandro Vieira, and he, uh, he had some new concepts about momentum and not pinning to finish. Catch them in rotation. Make them move. Keep them moving and then catch them. This also opens up ground and pound better. He taught me ways to use my legs for more control. When I rolled with Leo, his his brother brother, um, he it was crazy. He was giggling the whole time. He was like this little wizard monkey. He could use his feet to grab and do things I'd never seen before. So I started picking up this stuff. <clears throat> and uh, it really helped. It really helped with everything. And I used it in the Eric Silva fight. I pulled the trigger. I floored it. I called my shot before I babe roofed that shit. Before the fight, I said, I'm winning the fight of the night. I'm winning the fight of the night. We're getting the fight of the night. That's going to be us. Fight of the night. Let's go, brother. Fight of the night. Because I needed the money. I needed it. <laughs> I needed the money. I didn't want to lose my house. I needed that money. So he showed up. He showed up like a warrior. And we threw down. And we we had an epic clash. It was epic. It, if you're looking to get your friends into MMA, show them that fight. Show them that fight. It's it's amazing. I also believe I got robbed of a finish in that fight. I think towards the end, the ref very easily could have stepped in and stopped the fight. 100% believe that they could have stopped the fight. But, of course... UFC's guys, their judges, their refs. There was no commission there. They brought their commission people down there. That's why Vitor got to pass his steroid test. <laughs> they just shoved it under the rug. Hamzamir. Dropping some truth bombs. My girlfriend said this today. Victor Vitor Hendricks was public, but GSP was on TRT. 
look how huge he looked against Condit, Nick Diaz, and Hendricks. And all those fights were in Canada because they had no drug testing. You're not wrong, man. And he is smaller today. I'm 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 60 pounds heavier than my fight weight. That's what happens when you get older. You get bigger. <laughs> but for some reason he he's skinny. He looks like a 155 pounder now. And uh, his early fights acne crazy acne all over his back crazy back knee sorry don't don't mean to disparage but there is a lot of uh shenanigans out there <laughs> all right so i win the eric silva fight fight of the night fight of the night i can see joe silva seething we almost had him little midget midget of fury and um yep that felt good i felt good because not only did i win that fight but the uh third period the third period Everybody was chanting Fitch. Fitch, 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 Fitch. We were in Brazil. We were in Rio. I was fighting the king of Rio. And I had a rocky moment. The fans went from first round of screaming that you're going to die, you're going to die, to Fitch, Fitch, Fitch. Fitch, I won them over, but I'm, I'm boring. I'm not exciting. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say, noob. Then let's get into the last fight of the uh, UFC career. This one I wish I could have back because um, Damian Maya, I really respect as a fighter. I really wanted to challenge myself against him as a fighter, test his jiu-jitsu, test my fighting against it. But Wednesday hits fight week. I had a good camp. Um, I had a little bit of a cough for a few weeks. Didn't think anything of it. But Wednesday night, I felt like dog shit, absolute dog shit. And I just laid around and did nothing on Wednesday. I, I didn't work out. I didn't train. I didn't stretch. I just laid there and I drank a lot of fluids. I woke up Thursday morning. I felt fine. I was like, all right, cool. We're going to do this. Everything's going to be fine. I started my weight cut on um Thursday night, like I usually do, start the weight cut, get it down uh, close as I can, get some food, sleep, wake up, cut the rest. I uh, felt fine <clears throat> all the way through the weigh-in. And then after the weigh-in, drinking my Pedialyte, drinking my other stuff, hydrating, 
and it just rushes over me and I can't breathe. I have, I feel literally like there's a gorilla on my chest. And I was so terrified to tell anybody. I was terrified. I was scared to be like, I'm, I'm sick, man. I can't fight. Because this was going to be Saturday. It was going to be Saturday morning. Me being like, no, nah, I can't do it. Looking back, I absolutely should have done it. There's no doubt in my mind that I should have pulled out that that morning. I was like, oh, my God. If I pull out, they're going to ruin my career. They're going to fire me. They're going to do all kinds of horrible shit to me, which they did anyways. <laughs> you know, So I might as well stay in the company. I uh, <clears throat> fought anyways. I was just like, I'm, I'm just going to pull Nate Hort, Mark Hort and hit him once and win. Stupid. Don't think that way, guys. And I, um, yeah, I just had no, I had no explosive power. You know, I'd get in positions. I could wiggle out of them. I could turn. I could get away. I could keep him off the submissions. But I had no explosiveness. I couldn't. Wah, rah, there's no explosiveness. You got to have explosiveness, especially when you've got a slick, smooth jujitsu practitioner. You've got to bring that wrestling, that Big Ten wrestling to them. You have to because that's how you break them. And I failed. I lost. And then a few days later, uh, they released me. That little midget was jerking off on the phone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. Fucking loser. <laughs> oh, my goodness, guys. And that is... That's the UFC career. That's part two. That's part two. Um... We ran for a while, man. That was good. Did you guys enjoy that? I had fun reminiscing that stuff. Hopefully we get some really good clips from this. Peter, my uh, my clip guy who does the, uh, the little short videos for me. He does great work. Make sure you're sharing all those videos when you see them. Help him out. Um... But we should get some really good stuff from this, I think. We'll do a part three. We'll do a part three. Because I don't know if there's any fights yet next week. Is there fights next week? You tell me if we want to do another one. Right? If we want to do another one of these. Part three, post. We got pre-UFC and post-UFC career. How's that sound, guys? How's it sound? Does that sound like um, something that would be interesting to y'all's? I think, I think it could be cool. Let's do it. Let's do part three. There's some juicy sauce in that. Absolutely some juicy sauce, ma'am.
you guys will you guys will dig that because we'll get into some dirty stuff we'll get into some dirty stuff that you guys might be surprised about all righty all right guys thank you <clears throat> so much for tuning in on a new year's night spending it with uh lovable people thank you so much for the super chats i dig them um let's do it okay glenn can you pay me <laughs> i'm not cheap i don't show up for under six figures <laughs> i'll fight anybody you just got to pay the price look i got a i got a bump on the head i fell down i fell down the other day i got a bump all right guys all right guys i i can't i can't not say that hemsmir says for me hendo is goat hendo was one of the toughest strongest guys but you want to talk about TRT? <sighs> the natural. The natural wasn't exactly the natural. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, I'll check.